the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Good morning. It's another Saturday morning on the radio with the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. For the vacationing, Chris McKay, my name is Bob Jones. Larry is back in studio with us this morning on another busy financial Saturday. And, Larry, I'm looking forward to what you have to share with us today. How was your week? What have you been up to? My week was very good, uh, Bob, and uh, welcome aboard. You almost called me Chris. I, heard I know. Look at that. <laughs> you don't look anything like him, by the way. Thank you very much. So there you go. There you go. So, uh, no, welcome aboard, Bob. Glad to, glad to do the show with you this week. We missed you last weekend. I'm assuming you were spending some time with family. Yep, yep. I was uh, out of town with some family, and, you know, it's summertime, so everybody's got to get their, their couple days in here or there. So. Uh, well, Let's very, see. Very you got your couple days in. Chris is getting his couple days in right now. And when is it your turn? Yeah, I'm thinking that myself. I hear you. I hear you. Well, you know, you got to talk to everybody about that. I have nothing to do with that, though, for you. So <laughs> talk to I'll boss. give you all the time off you want. Thank How's you very that sound? Much. I do appreciate that. Larry, it seems like every time I turn on the TV this week, the last couple of weeks, there's some type of headline on one of the cable news channels that makes me think that I'm sure glad I want to be with Larry this Saturday just to see what he has about this. I mean, there seems to be just so much information, and I really appreciate everything you do to help uh, sort it out for us every Saturday. I just want to remind our listeners, if you want to call and ask a financial planning question of Larry, you can give us a call right now at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855 767 Three one two three. Larry, what's up? Sure, Bob. So you know, to speaking about all the information that comes out each week, constantly, almost twenty four seven on the markets, the economy, and and how everything's tied together. You know, I always like to open up the show with you know synopsis of what happened this past week in the markets, and the markets were doing fine this week until the other day, uh, the currency, the lira in Turkey, you know, started to right. drop and. Uh, that sent a little bit of concern throughout the you know the international community, and that's what what put pressure on the markets yesterday. But at the you know, still the 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 key point here that we need to focus on is is markets are going to go up and down, and you have to look at the underpinnings in the economy. What's happening in the economy? What's the Fed doing? And it's the same story right now that it's been most of the summer, which is good news. You know, the backdrop that we have right now is low inflation. 
Corporate earnings are, are up and exceeding, as a matter of fact, 74% of all those that reported as of last week have exceeded expectations. Stocks are in a favorable place right now. They're not too cheap, not too expensive. They're just right. So this is a very good backdrop, if you will, in an expanding economy for markets to continue to run. So, you know, pretty pretty, pretty optimistic here, next 12 to 18 months or so. When, when you look at all the different reports that come out, you know, Housing starts were down this past month, but they've been exceeding and growing on a rising, you know, trend since since 2014, and they go up and down on an ascending scale right now. So, so that's one of the largest multipliers in the economy. So those numbers look look pretty good too. So, you know, I, I hate to say at the end of the day because Monday brings another day, week. right? Right. You know, but basically, to to focus on or recap. You know, the, the, the markets are trading on three things right now, Bob, to break down all this noise, all this white noise that we're getting out of the, out of the financial outlets, media outlets. <clears throat> the markets are trading on corporate earnings, interest rate concerns, and tariffs. Corporate earnings, again, are exceeding. As the economy continues to expand, interest rates will naturally rise as long as they don't rise too high. If they, if, they, if, they, if they continue to move upward the way an airplane takes off versus the way a helicopter takes off, We're fine. we should be okay. 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 But, you know, at some point down the road, they will get too high. Uh, and then the third thing is Wall Street needs clarity of direction. Trading on tariffs, you know, the, 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 everybody's talking about trade wars, tariffs, taxes, what's going to happen. Let's wait and see. Everything's going to be redone. Countries and, and, and products are all being renegotiated now. Let's just wait and see what happens. And, and quite frankly, if it was that bad, if it was that bad, do you think the markets would be selling off? Most likely. Mm -hmm. And they're not. So Wall Street's waiting for clarity of direction to see which way it's going to be happening. So stay tuned. Press forward. Make sure your portfolios, again, are diversified, well-balanced, and they're in the position that you need them to be to accomplish your goals, whether that's growth or income or a combination of both growth and income with some with some principal types of, of protection strategies involved. So Now, Larry, hey, I want to ask you a question real quick before we go to break, if I could. Why, and, and I'm going to admit to our listeners that you've forgotten more about financial planning than I know, but why should my 401k or my brokerage account care about what's going on in Turkey right now? Well, when, when a, 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 when a, 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 currency starts to get, come under pressure and starts to drop in value on the world stage, you immediately have to look to see what type of, of industry, what's going on with imports and exports in that nation, and why is it dropping? Okay. And so everybody that's dealing with that, including banks and stuff, they could come under some pressure. So you want to make sure, you know, you want to find out what, what the story is there and, and you know, kind of go from there. Because, you know, in just take it, you know, very simply, in, in our country, if you bring it back to the U.S., you know, half the industry wants a low valuation on currency. The other half wants a high valuation. It depends on what your products you're selling and whether you're selling them domestically or worldwide. You know, if, if, if our currency, right now, our currency is rising in value. If, if, the euro, if the euro drops in value, it's so much cheaper for us to go over there and vacation versus them coming here. True. Okay, because our dollar will go a lot further. It's the same scenario right there. But when you have a, 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 a large drop the way it happened right there. And very you need, quick. You need to lift the hood of the car and see what's, 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 uh, what that noise is in the engine and find out what's happening. That's I, all. I guess what's happening is that 
it's not unusual. I mean, it has happened in, I believe, a couple of South American countries and Central American countries recently where there have been currency problems. It just seems to me that now because information is so much readily available than it was, say, a decade, two decades, a generation ago, that now it's something that gets in our mind instantly, Larry. And I think people like me and probably a lot of your clients are wondering, okay, Turkey's currency is doing this. What do we do to react? Right now, you don't do anything to okay. react. Okay. You know, you don't do anything to react unless you're a day trader involved in currency exchanges. You know, uh, the, and, and if you're on the right side of that one, you made a lot of money the other day. If you're on the <laughs> wrong side of that one, you lost a lot of money. You lost a lot of money. That's that's correct. But you know, in in, in there's that 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 comes down to uh, a fundamental question of of in the markets. You know. Are you making an investment or are you make placing a bet on a trade? You know, in financial planning, we're, we're, our objectives here are very simple. You know, we want to help create wealth, protect it, and have that wealth distribute tax-favorable income from reliable sources during retirement years. Along the way, being able to afford college funding, vacations, and all the things that, that hit you in life financially. That's a financial planning type of a perspective, whereas a bet or a quick investment turnaround or a flip or something like that very quickly, you know, that's that's, you know, almost gambling in inside of in, inside of it. But you need to find quality in your investments. And I'm going way back old school now. OK. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to hear this in, 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 in these sound bites in, in, in the financial press out there. You, you need to find quality, hold the quality until the quality goes away or your investment objectives change. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple there. Now, a lot of people will do what's called a core and explore portfolio. Well, they might take 80, 90% of their assets and put it into a well-balanced, well-positioned well, you know, uh, investment portfolio and maybe take 5 or 10 or 15% of it and, and, and do those extra you know, try to get some more muscle or alpha put into their portfolio with some bets or some quick investment turnarounds and things like that. But for the most part, we need to build wealth, yeah. protect it, and have it de- deliver st- uh, dependable streams of income from reliable sources in, in retirement years. I've got to hey, think I see we're going to the... take, take a quick break mm-hmm. here. Let's uh, open up the phone lines. You all can give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. 
For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. For more information about how Larry and his team can help you, go to LarryRosenthal.com. And a good Saturday morning to you. You are listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. For all your financial planning and retirement advice, give us a call right now at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Well, Larry, you've stopped me from uh, doing something with all my retirement savings about uh, with what happened in Turkey today, so I appreciate that from you very quickly. Um, I think part of our problem is, is we tend to react too quickly maybe to some of the news we hear. Is that correct? Well, people people tend to, but you know, you you you're not in competition with the markets in the news. You're in competition with your financial plan, and mm-hmm. and that leads me to, to talk about one of the subjects we want to talk about today, and and that pretty much is what's important to you about money. Stop and think about this for a second, and and when you're sitting down with your financial advisor or your spouse or or whomever. And, and you need to start asking yourself, what's important to you about money? What, what, is, what is money going to do for you? What do you want it to provide you with? What's important to you about it? And, and a lot of people will say on the surface, well, it's important because it, it lets me do things. Well, what, well, what's important to you about doing things? Let's, let's break this down a little bit. What's important to you about money? Well, it lets me do some stuff. Okay, well, what kind of stuff does it let you do? Well, it lets <laughs> me save for a car. Fine. What's important to you about a car? Well, dependable transportation. For what? Well, to get to and from work. Why are we going to work? Well, we want to go to work so we can provide, so that we can we can save and do things. And, and again, we're back to this things stuff. But if you really break down the question, what's important to you about money? Okay. It, you're going to ultimately find out as you peel the layers to this question back more and more that really what's important to you about it is the the freedom and the ability that it provides you to grow, nurture your family, to, to pass family values on more and more, freedom to be able to, to uh, uh, you know, cruise through society, cruise through your lifetime without being stressed. Mm-hmm. That's really what, what, what it is, and we need to understand who owns the money, who controls the money, and what our role is with the money. You know, the, the Lord owns everything. Amen. And our responsibility, <clears throat> excuse me, our responsibility is just that of good stewardship with it. So are we going through all this just backwards, Larry, when we're thinking about the future and retirement and things? I think so. Yeah. You know, it, you, you really have to boil down. And, and I have a, with, with some clients, I actually step them through this exercise of what's important to you about money. And you'll find that, that after they run out of things that it lists to do, that it ultimately comes all the way back to, you know, understanding that, that the, that, you know, when, when you're out there trying to, to just get more and more of it, you're never going to be satisfied, and it just provides it a tremendous amount of stress. And when, when, once we understand it from a biblical perspective of whose it is and, and what it's about, you know, don't let it control you. And you don't let it control you, and, and it becomes a lot easier, which, which then turns over to the, the, the scenario of, okay, now what's important to you about such planning concepts as do you want bloodline protection with your assets? 
You know, how, you know who's going to get what you've saved? A lot of clients wrestle with this question, Bob. I can see why. I can see why. Well, a lot, exactly, a lot of clients do. A lot of people that that give a lot to charities and things wrestle with this question as well. Well, if I'm going to make a a big donation to a charity, let's say at my death, how do I know that over the next three, five, eight years that the same people running that charity or the church are going to be there? Correct. What happens if it goes in a different direction? So a lot of estate planning, charitable giving programs that we work with clients with today, we're building in lots of flexibility that enables them while they're alive, uh, and in some cases when, when they pass, to be able to, 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 to manage to make sure that these, these entities are still doing the programs and things that they want them to do. So, you know, that, that's a big concern, too, as, as well as, you know, hey, have I saved enough? What does right. your finish line look like? You know, so we're talking this morning here on Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show, about some non-number crunching uh, things, if you will, non-number crunching concepts or realities in the financial planning realm. You know, it's not so much as, well, my portfolio did 8% this year. <laughs> right, well, right. big deal, okay? <laughs> big deal. That's a good thing for you, but at the end of the day, what is the purpose of it? Are we saving money? What does your finish line look like? What is it that you want the second half to be like? You know, when you when you hit retirement, retirement is a, is a very daunting scenario for a lot of people oh gosh, because yes. they get a lot of social interaction. They get a lot of, of, of feeling of worth in their workplace and all types of things. What are you going to be doing, you know, quote, unquote, in the second half when you retire? Are you going to retire? You or know, the retirement third half. Today, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Retirement today, Bob, is really taking on a different view. A lot of people are are I, I can't tell you how many times I, I, I people say okay I'm retiring at at, at 62 mm-hmm. I'm out 62 comes along and then all of a sudden they go you know I've decided I'm going to pull back part time and continue to work because right. what I really want to do is I still want to stay engaged but I just want to have some more free time to be with the grandkids or to do things at church or or really to take up that woodworking hobby or whatever it may be these are some of the important questions when you're sitting down talking about your financial plan what's important to you what's important to you about your time what is it you want to accomplish with your time maybe you're the person who says you know what i just want to keep on working i'm okay doing 40 50 hours a week that's what i enjoy that's what i want to do Mm -hmm. then construct your lifestyle and your financial plan around that another person might say hey look you know i want to keep some cash flow coming in if i can do 15 hours a week and peel off some free time to do X, Y, and Z with grandkids or a church or what hobbies or whatever it is, build the financial plan around that. And that all backs into, ultimately, that all backs into the types of investment strategies that one really needs to have in their plan. And, and that comes down into the investment management. So when you're thinking about your financial plan, as a matter of fact, Check out our oh, – we just launched a new website. Go to LarryRosenthal.com or RosenthalWealthManagement.com. Go ahead. Go there, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the video on the first page, and you'll see how a financial plan is designed. Larry, and let me you, ask when you you're, – When you're doing that, a lot of – just a second, Bob. A lot of the financial plan questions, yes, it deals with money and assets and liabilities and all that boring stuff. <laughs> but a lot of it deals with goals. A lot of it deals with attitudes, with values with what it is you want to accomplish with your time, your free time. How do we garner more free time 
while you're working? How do we how do we produce what it is you want to do in retirement years when you're when you stop working? How do we make sure that the college funding is taken care of? Go go check out that video at LarryRosenthal.com. What'd you say, Bob? What I've learned is that it's not a one size fits all scenario. That there are people who are ready when they're in their late forties, if not earlier. But then there are some people who aren't mentally ready for what you call the next stage, Larry, until perhaps 70 or even later. I think there's a lot at play here um, of getting to the finish line, depending on the person. That's correct. You know, if you if you uh, I don't know if you've ever read the book Halftime or not, but but it's by Bob Buford. And and it, it talks a lot about going from success to significance. What are we going to do in that second part of our life, whether that's at age 40, 50, 60, or 70, when we're not so entrenched and involved with work and we've got some more free time? Where are we going to put our resources? What is it that we're going to do? So check out that book, Halftime. You know, that, that flows into some of this conversation here today. Hey, if you have questions on, on, on you know, the proper ways to build a financial plan, if you have questions on the economy, the markets, on bloodline protection with your assets, on charitable giving, on tax efficiencies in your investments, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. I'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations in MLS number 5618 and 99665. Get a free financial planning toolkit now. Go to LarryRosenthal.com or call 855-ROSE-123. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, making money sense on 105.1 FM WAVA. If you would like to call now with your financial planning or retirement-related question, please give us a call right now at 855-ROSE-123. That's 
888-344-3123. Larry? Sure, Chris. Um, here I go again, Chris. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you look nothing like the guy. And thank you very much for that. <laughs> Boy, old habits are hard to break, I Bob. understand that. I did that with Dina last Saturday. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No worries. No worries at all. Hey, so ETFs are on the rise. What is and an ETF? So ETFs are just similar to a mutual fund, exchange-traded fund. Exchange-traded They trade funds. a little differently. And I was reading this past week here some articles out there, and it's funny how you, 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 you read some articles and some different things, and sometimes the author may have a slant one way or the other, and they're talking about the higher risk tolerance for people that own ETFs. And I started thinking about this going, well, why would somebody that owns an ETF over a mutual fund have a higher risk tolerance? And the article goes on to talking a little bit about trading flexibility, in and out, one-day adjustments, and things like that. And, and, and so now I get it. I understand. But my, my, my point in, in, in wanting to talk about this is there's, there's a little bit of a survey here by an investment, insti- investment company institute. And the latest data we have is 2017 talking about higher risk tolerance, uh, ETFs, you know, uh, uh, families that own or households that own ETFs tend to have a higher risk tolerance than people that just own mutual funds. So so mutual funds are going to give you a, a much broader diversification than an ETF. In some cases, not in all. So an ETF, exchange-traded fund, you can buy a broad-based ETF that that invests, let's say, in the S&P 500 or in the biotech sector or or in technology or in banking. Just like you can a mutual fund, the the an ETF can also be narrowly focused, where it's just going to stay inside of a sector and not cover a lot of broad-based sectors like a mutual fund. You know, a broad, diversified mutual fund is going to cover stuff in consumer cyclicals, defense, healthcare, financials, so forth and so on. Where an ETF can give you sort of a you know, a surgical implant, if you will, <laughs> right right into, you know, hey, I just want to focus right. on biotech or I just want to focus on housing or something like that. Isn't that where the increase or decrease in risk comes in, Larry? Yes, it is. And 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 so when you're if you're sitting down and, 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 and my my point of this is there's there's just such a continuous debate between should you have ETFs or should you have just stocks or should you have um, mutual funds I like them all. I mm-hmm. see pros and cons to all of them, and, and, and I myself, as well as a lot of our clients, own a combination of all of them. I don't really think there's any one right solution. I, I do think that it's, it's a little narrow-sided to be in just mutual funds only or just ETFs only or just stocks only because everything has pros and cons to them. And that's, that's my point here is that, you know, you, you, can, you can read an article and it's slanted one way or the other, but it's not necessarily – you have to really build the portfolio out. You could have a portfolio of just ETFs and have more or less risk than you would in a portfolio of mutual funds. Would you say that an ETF – oh, I'm sorry. uh, I'm sorry, and vice versa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But my point is that ETFs are going to act and do things a little differently than a mutual fund will, and the pros and cons of both of those a lot of times weigh each other out. There's a myth that ETFs are a lot less expensive than mutual funds. In some cases, that's true, but there are also mutual funds that are very, very (laughs) inexpensive as well. It just depends on which one you're buying, basically. So, so you know, when, when you see these types of, of, of articles and things out there, the best way that you can analyze stuff 
really is to and and we're coming out with an online version of this where you're going to be able to very soon be able to email in your your ticker symbols and we'll give you a risk assessment oh, wow. right then and there live on the, on the website okay which is pretty cool yes. if you want to get a proper risk assessment of your of your holdings you know, just uh, dial it up on a Morningstar or a Zephyr report or something like that, or, or work with a financial advisor and, and ask him or her, you know, hey, I want to take a look at this risk thing here. You know, the markets are trying to find a new direction uh, as to which way they're going to go. I think it's, you know, pretty positive, but still you want to make sure that you, you from time to time, check out your risk levels uh, in, in your portfolios. And a lot of times people now are just talking about their performance, their rate of return, and blah, blah, blah. Don't forget to take a look at the risk and what's driving the markets and are you too overweight in certain types of sectors. But ETFs balanced with mutual funds and some stocks sprinkled into your portfolio will give you a good balanced mixture of, of, of items. And unfortunately, in a lot of retirement plans, you know, 401Ks, the government TSP and things like that, you're just limited to only mutual funds. Some have some ETFs, but most of the time it's just mutual funds. Okay. So you want to look at to get the best of what your retirement plan offers and then coordinate that with your spouses or coordinate that with your uh, other investments outside of your retirement plan. Is an ETF a good first choice for a beginning investor? I think a mutual fund would be, Chris. I mean, uh, Bob, sorry about that. That's okay. I, I think a, a mutual fund would be a much better choice because the ETF is is just going to buy the index, whereas a mutual fund can buy that index, but it's actively managed. So for a beginning investor, the mon the fund manager is going to be buying and selling on behalf of that person. Uh, and, and a lot of times it's a lot easier to put money into an ETF into a mutual fund on a monthly-matic basis, whereas each time you buy an ETF, there could be a ticket charge, whereas in a mutual fund, probably not, depending on the type of fund that you go ahead and purchase. Hey, let's welcome Frank on the line from Fairfax. Good morning, Frank. How are you today? Doing good, Larry. Uh, last week I called and asked uh, your friend about holding real estate in an IRA, and uh, that's seemed to be a really difficult situation. But I was going to ask you, you're talking about ETFs. Does it make any sense to hold ETFs in IRAs if you're, you know, that I'm not actively trading in? Well, sure. I mean, the 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 IR you have the shell of the IRA, and all the IRA, Frank, is just basically a piece of paper that says to the government, "Hey, treat my underlining investments in here according to the rules and regulations of the type of IRA I have, whether it's traditional, non-deductible, or Roth." When you're selecting the investments inside. If you're not trading your your um, uh, investments a lot, it's more of a buy and hold strategy, and you're in ETFs, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're in the, the right types of sectors that you believe is going to be favorable in the economy. For example, you take a look now, we're having rising interest rates, right? And technology seems to be a strong asset class in rising interest rates. So you probably want to make sure that one of your ETFs is it has exposure to the tech sector. Whereas if you're you're you know in in a rising interest rate and and you have an ETF that's in a sector that that doesn't do well in that environment, you may want to avoid that. That's one of the advantages that an ETF brings to the table versus a mutual fund that's going to cover all the different sectors out there. So it's more of a buy and hold strategy versus a trading strategy. And even in a mutual fund, Frank, you can have a mutual fund in the IRA and just hold on to it and let the money management team 
do the buying and selling for you as well. One right, of what the, I was going to say is, for example, I have in my IRA, I have the Vanguard Information Technology Fund, and I don't usually, you know, I take a look at that once a year maybe, but I, I, I couldn't find any, any real reason to have both that Information Technology Vanguard Fund and then also have like a Vanguard ETF for Information Technology. Is there a cost difference there? Is, but I'm just trying to figure out what the, you know, what 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 the ETF gives me that the 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 the, uh, the Vanguard Mutual Fund does not get me. There's really there's really not much of a difference there, you know. So uh, the answer to the question on the cost is there could be a cost difference. I don't have the prospectuses of either one of those here in front of me, so I can't really answer that to you. But there could be a slight cost difference between the two. Generally, a mutual fund is is going to be able to get in and out of the stocks inside of the sector from active management versus an ETF is going to buy those stocks and hold on to those stocks. So you have to look to see what the guardrails are or what the movement capabilities are in the mutual fund with with the uh, technology versus the how the ETF is built. The ETF may be built from a market cap weight, meaning the largest companies get the most, Whereas the, e, whereas the mutual fund may be built from a earnings perspective. Which companies are doing the best earnings right now are going to be in there. So, so they're both in the same sector, but they could have different percentages in different securities within the mutual fund or the ETF. At the end of the day, though, if the tech sector is going up, it's going to lift all boats in the harbor. So I wouldn't fret too much over one or the other as far as that goes. Right. I was I was thinking, uh, and I'm probably all wrong on this, but I was thinking an ETF, since it could be traded on a daily basis, like a stock, for example. So if I was in energy and I was, I could instead of buying uh, Exxon Mobil and hoping it's going to go up the next three months or whatever, I could buy the ETF Energy, which has a broader, you know, uh, connection to the to a whole bunch of stocks. So. But since I'm not actively trading, I didn't see any advantage of that. Well, it's just going to simply give you the ability to buy the entire sector. That's it. Right. And if right. you're not actively trading, then, you know, ETFs and mutual funds can help you out in that arena. S same with stocks. You know, there's you, when, when you talk about actively trading, Frank, let's, let's break this down here and unpack it a little bit for our listeners. You know, what is the definition of actively trading? Are you talking about in and out every day? Are you talking about every couple of weeks buying and selling, you know, versus buying and holding? You know, going back to the to the true fundamentals of, of investing, what's the proper time frame for investments? The proper time frame, the holding period, sometimes is forever. You want to find quality and buy it and hold it until that quality goes away. So just because a, 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 an ETF or a mutual fund or a stock shoots up quickly in a short period of time doesn't necessarily mean it's time to sell it unless you want to be an active trader. But one of the things, and that you're doing this correctly just from what I'm hearing you say on the, on the, on the call here this morning, is it's not timing in the market. It's time in the market. And that's the deal. It's time in the market. There are so many surveys out there that show investors if they just bought and hold over periods of time what their returns would be versus if they missed just the 10 best days in a year 
how substantially different their returns are, and they're a lot worse. So it's time in the market, whether you're choosing to have mutual funds to buy and hold or ETFs to buy and hold, just make sure that things are well diversified and you're in the sectors that are in favor based off of the current economy. When the economy changes, when, when, when forces re, re, uh, push the economy one way or the other, that's maybe when you want to rotate to different sectors, but not necessarily buy in and out of the same sectors while things are going well. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Can I ask you one, one other quick question? I mean, you probably have other holders on the line, but the question, I, I look back through my, I've been retired for 17 years, and I look back through my return on investment, and for 17 years, I think I'm like 7.5% is what I've, what I've gotten. But, you know, you talk to some people and say, oh, I got 30% last year, I got 15%. But, you know, uh, so how do you, how do you advise clients on not to get rich quick, find whole, go for the long term, which is the way I've been going ever since I retired? So, Frank, so here's here's the deal. When, when – when I hear people talking about their, their fantastic returns this year and next year and blah, 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 when you look at the aggregate or the average over a long period of time, it's usually a lot less. But, but you have to ask the, I have to ask you a question first before I, I break this down a little bit, and that is, are you using any of your investments for income? Are you drawing any money out for income? Oh, yeah, I am definitely. That's where okay, I get so then, I, so then, so then, know, that's where I get my uh, – Right. So then here's what you need to understand. With my my pensions and stuff, that's where I get the the cash that I live on. Okay. So so since you're using some of your investments as supplemental income to Social Security and pensions and things, the rules of money change once you introduce withdrawals. I have a chart in my office that shows this, that... If you have a more – once you introduce withdrawals, once you start taking out money, let's say you take out 4% a year from your your investments. Once you start pulling money out of investments, the rules change. The more steady your rate of return is, the less risk there is to losing principal because when you have a a more growth-oriented portfolio and you're withdrawing money, you have more risk. That means in some years your mar- your accounts are way up, but in some years your accounts are way down. And when you're withdrawing money in a down market versus withdrawing money in a flatter environment of your investments because your investments are more conservative, you're far better off. I have a chart that shows three different scenarios, and, and there's a substantial difference the further out in time you go. I re- this chart shows a 16-year period of time, which is one year shorter than coincidentally you've been retired. But it shows a 16-year period of time that an investor who has a more steady rate of return, the example shows 6%, a more steady rate of return, has substantially more principal left over than somebody who also averages 6% return, but they have a 12 and a 0, a 12 and a 0 percentage versus a flat 6. So, right. so once okay. you introduce okay, rates hey, of return. Re- thanks for your advice. Yep, absolutely. Terrific. Terrific Appreciate show. the Thank phone you. call. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Back in a moment with more Making Money Sense.
You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called SARS Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. Get a free financial planning toolkit now. Go to LarryRosenthal.com or call 855-ROSE-123. You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense on this Saturday morning on 105.1 FM WAVA. Call now with your retirement planning question at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. What an interesting call from Frank just a minute ago, Larry. Yep, absolutely it is. And, 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 you know, the rules of money definitely change when you introduce withdrawals, and that's vital for people to understand. I show people this a lot of times. People come in with these growth portfolios. They say, you know, hey, show us what we're doing. How does it look and blah, blah, blah. And inevitably, they, they, they come to understand at some point they have to turn the growth switch back a little bit. They have to pull <laughs> that lever back a little bit and get it to a growth and income producing type of an investment strategy once they're ready to start uh, introducing withdrawals of money. I do notice one thing, Bob, between okay. you and Chris when, oh. you, when you co-host with me. <laughs> okay, I, I do notice one thing. And 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 you've got some cool tunes in the background. I recognize that that last little little clip there was from the Good, Bad, and the Ugly, correct? The Clint Eastwood movie. Correct. Yes, yes. So kind of interesting there. Um, uh, so I'll have to let Chris know about that. But, you, uh, you do that, and you may see me as Bob in the back for the next couple years. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you a question? And I don't want to throw you sure. off track, and I did not want to interrupt your discussion with Frank. But where does debt play into this financial planning? Either uh, Is the goal to be out of debt by the day you retire, Larry, when you talked about the scenario you did with Frank with his active investing? So, Bob, I'm I'm a big fan of of no debt. I'm I know a big that, fan yes. of as little debt as possible. Okay, so let's sort of uh, uh, you know unleash the debt conversation here, if you will. There's three types of debt. There's good debt, bad debt, and necessary debt. <laughs> That's why I played the good, the bad, and the ugly just now. <laughs> right. Perfect. Touche. Right. Exactly. Very good. Thank Very you. good. So, good debt is debt that's tax deductible. 
like maybe a business loan. You've got to pay interest, and that's deductible. That's a good debt because you're expanding your business. Or mortgage interest, you know, within the rules now. That's good debt because you're purchasing an appreciating asset. Necessary debt is debt such as maybe a college loan, okay. you know. Or, hey, I, I, I've got a job. It's across, across the city. I need dependable transportation, you know. Um, that's, nece- that's the necessary debt. Okay, uh, bad debt is you know the big screen TV. Uh, that's bad debt, right? Debt that's not that you're purchasing a depreciating asset. Um, so when the, when you ask the question, how does debt play into a role here in financial planning and retirement planning, college funding, and things like that? It's just less discretionary funds you have. If you're carrying seven hundred dollar a month credit card debt and you're getting ready to retire and you've got $700 a month of minimum payments, well, that's $700 a month that your investments need to produce for you in order for you to... um, Just break even. Just break even. That's That's over and above your living expenses. That's exactly correct. So if you think about that... If, if, if your investments are yielding a 5% return, you need $168,000 of savings, of investment money, in order to get the $700 a month income to pay the debt. And that's so only that's, the debt. That's only the debt. So that's 168000 of your money in that example that needs to be carved out just for debt services. Wow. So, so that's the answer to your question. Yeah. And and oftentimes, you know, we, we, we work with clients on a on a, a, a debt glide. You know, we're gonna glide this debt down over time. And there's there's a few ways that you can go about doing it to 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 reduce debt over time. But you know, the answer to your question, Chris, I, I mean Bob, is yeah, you wanna try and have as little debt as possible. Now there is a debate in the industry and and I get it I understand it I used to teach classes on this there's nine different ways to manage equity inside of your home and and three ways explain to you how to pay your home off early three ways explain to you how to uh, manage the equity in your home and and one of those ways explains how you should you should not pay your home off and and continue to carry debt on your mortgage because of the tax deduction that you have I always thought that paying off your mortgage was a goal before retirement. I think that's what I just thought. So, you know, if you're going to stay in that house, that's a great goal. It's a great objective. If you understand how to manage the mortgage payment, the tax deduction, and then and then have those dollars working for you instead of inside wood, bricks, mortar, and steel, think about it, Bob. You, you have a, a $500,000 home, and it's paid for. Well, now you have $500,000 sitting inside wood, bricks, mortar, and steel, not providing you a rate of return. Correct. What if you didn't have that home paid for and you had half of it paid for? Now you've got $250,000 that you can put into you know, an investment or something, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not advocating this. I'm just explaining the math to you. And now all of a sudden you've got to make a mortgage payment. So – now your cash flow's got to make a mortgage payment, and then you've got to do the math against investment returns and tax deductions and see how it plays out. So remember, also, mortgages are simple interest on declining balances, and investments are compound interest on appreciating sums. So you, you really have to, you know, especially if it's in the bank, especially, you know, so, so that's the math on that. But a lot of times, a lot of times, let's go back to the first question we talked about at the top of the show today, Bob, and that's what's important to you about money? Correct. 
And a lot of times people end up being with, with having the, the, the objective in their financial planning of, hey, let's make this simple. Let's make this very simple and easy. I don't want the hassles of, of juggling all these balls up in the air and tax deductions here and all that kind of stuff. And some people say, you know what, I'm just going to pay the house off, and that's okay. I still have enough cash to manage. I still have enough income coming in that I can sustain my standard of living, and that's good enough for us. It, you know, you, you, you can only water ski behind one boat at a time, <laughs> right? Yes. And, and so – you know what's driving your investment decisions? Are, are 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 is your lifestyle, your family values? Is that driving your investment decisions, or is the fact that you're going to wring a little bit more water out of the sponge and get another half a percent interest on your portfolio? What good does it do you to provide that type of stress? So, it, you really need to boil it down and ask the question: What's important to you about money, about the management of money? about your position as a steward with, with the dollars that the Lord gives us. That's where, where it all circles back and comes back to, Bob. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. A few minutes ago you were talking about the good bad, the good debt, the bad debt, and the ugly debt. And uh, one of the bad ones you were talking about using as an example was, for instance, buying a big screen television to watch the Nats games or the Redskins games. And I want to ask you, in that scenario, Larry, is it best to save up cash for that and pay for your TV expense with cash and not go into debt for something like that. I would believe so. Okay. Yes, I I, I I do. Now you know now they've got these these different deals here where there's no interest for X number of years or months or whatever. Those are fine too as long as you get you know you pay it off during that during that period of time. Uh, so you know it, 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 it these these types of questions do come back down to you know ownership and responsibility. And, you know, the Bible speaks volumes on on that. And, uh, you know, so that's the way that we have to really approach all this stuff. I think sometimes when you when you make these statements, though, um, we're talking to people who are at different parts in their life. And we know that there were some people like Frank who call and they've been I think he said he was retired for 17 years. And we've had calls in the past from people who were in their 20s and just getting started. Um, you've got to get into those good habits early to enjoy the fruits of your good thinking later in life, correct? That's something to really focus on. Okay. That is correct. It really is. And I've, 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 you know, we all have been there. <laughs> We've yeah. all seen it. And, 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 um, you know, it, 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 I, I tell you, it's, it's interesting. We, we have, we have, you know, clients in, in, in our firm that, they, they, they're retired, their, their homes are paid for, they live in the Northern Virginia area in nice neighborhoods, um, they didn't make an overwhelming a lot of money and, and in their careers, and they've got a nice nest egg saved up, their cash flow is very positive every month, and they're enjoying themselves. And it's just a matter of making, you know, purchasing decisions all along the way. From and looking it's, at your... And it's, it's easy for somebody... You know, to to talk to somebody else when somebody else is struggling, you know, and and all that kind of stuff. But I get it, and I understand, especially in the D.C. area, it's very hard. It's very expensive, right? Uh, to 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 live, and you've just got to manage it well. Is what you really have to do. One of the tools that you offer, and I've seen this on your website, and you've talked about it for years as I've been helping you with the show, is the Financial Planning Toolkit. Larry, we've only got about five minutes left in the show, and I I don't want to throw a curve at you, but I would like to ask you about the importance of the Financial Planning Toolkit, the fact that any listener right now can call 
and Kennedy will take your information and we'll get one right out to you early in the week. What is in the financial planning toolkit? How does that get started in our foundation of getting to where we would like to be by the time we are ready to retire? Sure, it breaks down everything. It takes a good, it helps you get a good inventory of your assets, liabilities, cash flow, risk levels, time horizon. It pretty much does a lot for you. As a matter of fact, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and just click on the new. The, we got a new button there to sign yeah. up our newsletter. It's free. Uh, it's it's very easy to do, and and you'll get a lot of information there. We've got a, a, a tremendous source, library source, of. Uh, uh, it, it information, you know, about, uh, you know, all different articles and, and calculators and things like that. Go check it out. We just launched a new website, LarryRosenthal.com, and it's got a lot of answers to your, to your questions there. I have to believe that when you talk to a client either on the phone or in person for the first time that this writing down that's part of the financial planning toolkit and part of what I assume is your initial appointment with the client, writing down the debt, writing down the assets is probably really, I mean, hard for some people to do. They probably either didn't realize they had that much debt or that they had that much income coming in. You know, when, when we first sit down with someone, Bob, and, and talk to them, I was explaining this to, to some, some uh, advisors the other day in the industry. And and they had they were asking me some questions on, on working with clients and building the financial plans correctly. And I, I, they were so focused on the numbers, you know, well, well, how do I make sure that, the, that it's accurate what the clients have in the bank and, and their car payments and, and their mortgage interest rate and, and all of that? And I was explaining to them, it's, that stuff is important, but what's more important is understanding what people want to accomplish because that's going to dictate more to you on the investment strategies, products used. So it's more important, Bob, to, to talk to people about what, what are your goals? What do you want to have try to accomplish? Paint me a picture. Here's a blank canvas. Give me a visual conversation on what you want your finish line to, be look, to look like. Do you, do, you, you know, do you want to stay in the same area? Do you want to move to the mountains? Do you want to go to the beach? Do you want to move to the prairies, you know, in, in middle America? <laughs> what is it that you want to do? Do you want to live on a lake? You know, I, I, I mean, we've got thousands of clients all over the country, and I see once they embrace the understanding of, hey, this is what we want to do. This is what this is how we want to be significant in our kids or our grandkids or our church's life. Then the financial plan really takes form. Those are the more important questions because that then you can direct cash flow in those in those manners. You can direct investment strategies in those ways to help accomplish things. You know, we we, we have clients that 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 move out of the area. They, they they move to the Midwest. They live on a lake. They go to the mountains. They they stay in the inner cities. All types of things. All different types of goals and values as to what they want to do. That's the importance of really asking the questions. The numbers come, but it's more important to get all of that information, and you can put that stuff right into the financial planning goal section of your financial plan, your retirement plan with a purpose, if you will. Go check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com. At the bottom of the screen there, on the first page, there's a button that says sign up for our newsletter. We've got all kinds of library resources there. Go check it out, LarryRosenthal.com. 
During the week, you can give us a call at 855-ROSE-123 to ask any questions that you may have. We send out lots of material over the course of each week uh, for callers that say, hey, I heard you talking about this on the show or that on the show. Be happy to uh, send you out information there. So for Kennedy in the back today answering the phones, I appreciate that, Kennedy. Good job. And for Bob, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.